So the last time you were in this room, it's like a thousand years ago. You, I was there, Gandalf, four thousand years ago. You were infected. Yeah, <laughs> I was editing that uh, episode. Yeah, and like I was getting the heebie-jeebies of like, oh my gosh, I hope Neil's okay. <laughs> It's so, like the whole time I'm like, were you keeping something's going on with me. I'm just not feeling good. I love that you're like, <laughs> I have allergies. Like, do you normally have allergies? No. <laughs> but no, but this year, every once in a while, I've been feeling that way. <laughs> yeah, and the fever. Man, it's a right. raging 103 I've, fever. I've got an allergy fever, doggone it. No, so, so, um, what were we talking about? I'm sorry, I got distracted <laughs> already. There's just so, so much going I saw on. That squirrel it's run just by. the COVID. Yeah. Don't worry about it. So no, okay. So yeah, I've you know we've been in Texas for the last six years. So this was our second fall, sort of. Yeah, being here. So you know, I I was worried that maybe you, you got know, allergies. Yeah. So yeah. you know, before that, sure, no allergies in Cleveland, but we were gone for a while. So I just assumed. Yeah. Very innocently. Might I add? I've developed allergies in the last two years. Have you? Have I you never, been working I, on that for a while? I'd never had them before. Mm. No. Mm. Yeah. How does it affect you? Itchy eyes? I don't know. It turns out like uh, my COVID tests are positive a lot <laughs> yeah. from it. Yeah. That's what happened. So <laughs> I went back to watch part of it because I wanted to enjoy you laughing at toe control. <laughs> Dude, I don't know why I just... Maybe it was because I was not feeling well. Like, well, I had limited control on my... I don't know what was going on, that but... That was so funny. I was telling Rachel, I'm like, I thought I, was, I killed Jared today. Like, because <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to pull out of it. And so, for my own pleasure to watch you uh, struggle for air, I decided to go and watch it again. Yeah. But I had already had the information that you were you had COVID at this point. Yeah. And so, I'm watching you just hack and breathe. <laughs> And Jen, you're like, is there, is dude, there mucus and Yeah, dude, right at one point right. I was editing it and I said, dude, do I have like boogers all over my right. face? And you're like, oh, no, you look fine. You and I and I looked, spit. dude, I had a huge loogie like right here yeah. on my lip yeah. and you didn't say a thing. Well, I didn't see it. So I had to like, I I cropped in and shifted away from my face and just kept Did it you? on okay. you. Yeah, because yeah. I'm too embarrassed. I don't want <laughs> feel bad for them. I don't want them looking yeah. at my loogie. Well, on my mustache, you survived. Thankfully, much better the lived, second time with but my beard COVID. did not. Yeah, you got. Yeah, I feel like you did that last time. Like you think the beard is was is it holding too much COVID? No. <laughs> Can I just be real honest? Can I be honest with you guys? This is a little bit gross, but it's OK. <laughs> so uh, that was Tuesday. Thursday, I was in bed like most of the day. Yeah. And, you know, with a fever, not feeling well, it allergies. really hit me. Yeah, with those allergies. Classic allergies. <laughs> Classic allergies. <laughs> Took a Claritin, didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. Crazy. Pretty fraught, wrote a letter to Claritin. <laughs> Said, you, you messed up this batch. Allergy medicine? I don't think so. Okay, so yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm a mess. Congestion, all of it just cranked up to, you know, 11 or whatever. Yeah. So I'm laying there. I feel terrible. Sarah keeps coming in, quietly trying to take care of me, bring me little things. And I'm like, my throat is hurting at that point. Like, I'm not drinking much water. I feel awful. So about one o'clock in the afternoon, I'm finally like, I'm sick of the fever dreams. You know how it is when you're sick. You just get to the point. I don't know about you guys, but when it's like you have a horrible night of fever dreams, even though you feel terrible, the last place you want to be is in bed. It's just like, I don't want to be in that room anymore. I'm yeah. sick of it. So I was just like, I'm going to get up. And I felt terrible, had a headache, walked into the bathroom and like my mustache was just, this is the gross part. It was like concrete. It was yeah. disgusting. And yeah. and then all of a sudden, I remembered all the time Sarah was coming in and trying to take care of me and check my temperature. And I was just like, I got to get rid of this thing. So I did. I took a shower. And in my fevered state, I just zipped it off. Why not just get rid of the mustache? Because I'm not really wanting to look 
like either Abe Lincoln or an Amish man. <laughs> but that would bring us joy. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I've done the opposite. I shaved off my beard and left the mustache. Both of you time. guys have come in with odd facial hair. It's I, fun. I shouldn't say odd, but abnormal for what you normally have at times. It's yeah. fun to be creative. You Fu Manchu'd it for a minute, didn't you? Yeah. Very brief. Very briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. That's it's November good. 1st. We could do No Shave November. Oh, that's true. Well, I feel it. like we should have shaved clean and started. Let's do it right now. <laughs> let's let's shave. Mark and Jerry will shave each I'm other. Glad you asked, we have Jared. someone come in and shave us like Angelo. <laughs> we have a barber on retainer here. That's here, isn't it? This was part of the girl project. Right. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh! All right, so te- you can text the give at no. Oh my gosh! <laughs> give towards the barber. Give towards the barber. Ooh, so yeah. anyways, so what's the plan? Are you going to grow grow back? I don't know. It goes in. We're going in the winter, so it's a good time to have a beard. I like it. Yeah. But uh, it gets to a point where Sarah won't like really enjoy kissing me. And she says, when are you going to trim that? And I'm just yeah. like, babe, come on. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> anyway. Are your so. allergies acting up? <laughs> <laughs> this fever is back. Yeah, I hate it. Go. That's good. <laughs> Can you believe it? Yeah. <laughs> no. I. Uh, but you get to the point where like you can't eat food like normal because like yeah. you, you go to like take a drink of something, but your mustache beats you there yeah. and is like, I want some of that. Like, Seems oh, like the man, mustache is the biggest problem with it. I've it never is. grown it a is. large it beard. Is. It really is. So you can trim can you it trim and trim stuff. It? You can. But okay. the problem is, is you're never going to get that good mustache over the beard unless you break through that awkward stage just like like long hair has an awkward stage a mustache has awkward stage to where it grows enough to be moved to the sides and just kind of become a part of the rest of the beard i'm checking and at that point it's fine yours is encroaching on your lip big time yeah yeah it's encroaching yeah Yeah. you're starting to curl in yeah did so. you did you shave everything at the same? Because it looked like you still had more of like a mustache. Go no, through. I did. It, this just grows really fast. Just really fast. You yeah. shaved evenly, really? Because it looks like you cut out a goatee. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. Okay, it's crazy. I didn't. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. I didn't shave clean. I uh, I just trimmed up with yeah. like a little trimmer tool, like the lowest setting. Yeah, right on the clipper. So. Well, I never got COVID. I thought I was a goner. I thought you were too. I kept you were like, well, "How are very, you?" And I'm gracious. like, "I don't. Uh, I feel terrible. How are you? I can't yeah. handle the the guilt on top of all of what, this. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I felt I, so bad. I, I should go have been to the like, gymnasium. Like that place is just a. I mean, the gymnasium. I go work out at a, at the gymnasium. <laughs> what are you on the Titanic? Yes, the YMCA. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I I grab my thigh master. <laughs> And my high socks. You're on one of those things with like the rubber band that shakes. I do have a medicine ball. Yeah. (laughs) I will get my weight belt, my jar. Very old timey of you, Neil. (laughs) And I mean, Planet Fitness is unbelievably clean, but it's still, it's people. You know, sure. Yeah. So sweating and bleeding on each other. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you feel better. Yeah. Me too. This was good. Me too. Did you hear my voice last Sunday when I was back to sing and it was just a mess? I, I didn't notice. Somebody asked me if it was you. They weren't sure if it was you because oh, I forgot to do that because I trimmed and uh, like yeah because you look different and they said your voice sounded more grungy. <laughs> that's cool. High praise. Yeah, no, I, that's I, great. I, I think it was meant as a compliment. That's great. Yeah. I had to lower all the keys by like yeah. I did one of the songs in A during run through and I'm like nope <laughs> and I just yeah. in the middle of it I'm like yeah we're gonna be doing this differently so yeah. all of it was really low nice. and uh, at, you know to to tell you the truth. Uh, I think people sang more because they could actually sing in the keys. Yeah. You know, when you can get those keys down to where like normal guys can sing, that you're you're winning. So yeah. that's the that's the balance for worship leaders is 
um, you know, for me at least is like, I know my range. Yeah. Um, and it's like, do you balance the distraction of if I can't sing real, if I can't sing low real well on a certain song, is that going to be more distracting? Uh, you know, is that is balancing that against, Hey, all the guys are able to sing. So maybe it's yeah. worth it. You know, that's an ongoing balance. Yeah. Oh no. Act. Yeah. So, that's tough. Anyways, you got, you got a lower register. You don't you? Oh yeah, oh, you yeah. do for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's very low. Yeah. You're like Johnny Cash. I'm also not like a singer. Like you're a singer. Like you can sing. You can't Thank sing. You. I don't, you know, I'm, yeah. you're a professional. Oh, yes. really? Oh, <laughs> I think you do a fine oh, thank job. Thank you. I, yeah, yeah I'm not, I think I'm you not, do great. Yeah, I do okay. I, but I, <laughs> I do okay. I do. <laughs> I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do like the false humility thing. Like I, I, He's like, I'm not a singer. <laughs> <laughs> or am but I? what do you guys think? Like I'm and subscribe. <laughs> I like and subscribe. Oh, Comment below. <laughs> if you think Mark's better singer than Jared, <laughs> leave your comments below. Yeah. Well, well you let on. Poll. You let a song and a half on Sunday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Thank then, you for doing that. That was great. Oh no, I enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. I was fully recovered at that point. It was just baby. Yeah. yeah he, some pre-baby vacation. Yeah. Just getting stuff. We we put it, I put together some baby furniture because yeah, we were trying to. Yeah. It's just oh man. You know, your fingers get so sore because they give you the worst tools on the planet. Yeah. And so you you go out, you try and fiddle through your tools, and then you end up breaking stuff. Like, oh. that's how I am. I'm like, I never know how tight to get these screws because yeah. I'm like, this is baby furniture. I'm going to be changing my baby on top of this. Yeah, you want sturdy. But then if you do it too tight, you know, the entire thing made out of plastic is just going to crack in half. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'm out a million dollars. What about when you strip the screw? Oh, It's man. the worst. Yeah, it's, I, I I don't enjoy that because there's I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, but well, it got it done. Yeah. Had a great week. Uh, Sarah's dad bought the kids uh, a little swing set, so mm. I put that together. That was fun. The kids were enjoying that. So we had a great week and um, just a good time. Of now the final countdown begins. The final countdown. Yeah, mm. I... Uh, You're a singer, aren't you? No. That's my son's favorite song. Is, Is it really? Yeah. For real? Man. How do you even hear that? Who I don't know. He can play it on piano. Oh, for and, real? What? Yeah, that's awesome. Does I don't, he take piano lessons? Yeah, he is. Oh wow! But that but he learned it. That was the first song he learned on piano. That's before awesome. Before he even started lessons, um, and he asked. That's like what he asked for in the car every time we drive. Really? Yeah. That's so. Cool. How old is he? Uh, he's eight. Yeah. That's okay. Nine. That's cool. Yeah. How long has he been playing piano? He just started this year. Okay. Yeah. Well, never mind. Was that was that forced or did he want to do it? Um. A little bit of both. Yeah, like I mean, it was our idea, I guess. But yeah, he's not Let's like see if he wants it. to play. I wish on, I would play on the to play He wants piano. to play electric guitar. He's asked to play electric guitar, so we're probably well, transition to that. Yeah, we'll transition guitar. to that once he gets. Will you teach him? Oh no, I need someone to teach me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You can play. We have group lessons. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I mean, I was, I still have my electric guitar. I'll show him the basics, but yeah. I need I'm gonna have to get him like a one that's his size. Yeah, you know. Oh, that'd be fun. There yeah. you go. There's also a school of rock pretty close to our house, and it's like right on the way to school and everything. So I'm I'm seeing that in our future. Yeah, nice. that's where we're gonna take Henry. Yeah, we, we um wanted to get him there this year, but they moved the age to the one in Westlake. Yeah. Oh, okay. The yeah. The one yeah. Uh, they moved the to age eight. They won't take oh. uh, seven or eight. So. But we had called, you know, last year and they're like, yeah, you know, you know, call us when he's, you know, five uh, and, you know, we'll see if he can, 
if he can actually play, then maybe we'll, t- you know, they're going to love him. Tra- I think they will. They're going to go nuts over <laughs> I him. Gonna, yeah. I think he's going to blow their yeah. mind. <laughs> so, you know, I was talking, yeah, Rachel was talking to him and I was like, yeah, you know, for those who don't know, <laughs> right. Neil's son <laughs> is an amazing drummer. <laughs> he's a bit of a prodigy. It's odd. <laughs> it's very, yeah. Very he plays like he's 12. Shocking. Yeah. It's super fun. Super fun. Um, so yeah, he wants to go there, and we're like, we'll take you to a band. So yeah, who knows? Maybe Oscar, and yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be I don't sweet. know. I don't even know why he wanted electric guitar because I, I don't because they rock. I I mean I I support it. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I don't yeah. think you know really Neil. I have no it. idea why anyone would want to play electric guitar. It's <laughs> stupid. Oh, really? Maybe this will change your mind. <laughs> What's happening uh, to your face? Your it's melting. <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> That's what happened to your beard. That's what happened to My beard. beard melted off. <laughs> beard melted off. It smelled terrible. That's right. <laughs> you called me up and you're like, listen, I can't take this beard anymore. Mm. And I just brought over my full stack, my electric guitar. Yeah. Played one Van Halen <laughs> riff and then just left. That's awesome. Sooner okay. like a Ken Copeland commanding COVID out of you. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> have you seen that clip? Oh, I have. Oh, boy. And the yeah. guy that put the music to it. Yeah. Fantastic. That guy's an unbelievable musician. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> who can take horrendous heresy and turn it into the catchiest <laughs> no. song of 2021? I, I yeah. don't know. That guy is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he's quick, I list. I I heard that and it was like posted as like a joke. Yeah. You know, like this is a funny thing that this guy with a lot of talent put together. That's usually why things are funny is because someone puts a lot of talent into doing something that's completely unnecessary. Right. And it's great. Yeah. And I heard it and I'm like, I'm gonna listen to this for the rest of the day. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is yeah. so fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. When I do the thigh master at the gymnasium, I like uh, heavier music, <laughs> you know, to get those inner thighs. <laughs> and so I'll put that on sometimes. That's good. That's it's, good. <laughs> well, Mark's here. Mark. This yeah. is very last minute. This is huge. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Mark is here uh, because he's smart and we like him. Gosh. And a wonderful singer. Probably better than Jared. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. That's the main reason why he's here. Yeah. And also, it keeps the table this way, which keeps Jared further away from me, because I don't trust that his allergies haven't gone away yet. <laughs> so I'll sneeze on Mark the whole no, time. No, we were uh, at lunch today. We got into this discussion. At lunch. <laughs> yes. At lunch today, we got in this discussion um, about pre-trib and post-trib um, theology and... Uh, Mark, you have been in Revelation for the majority of this year, and we've got a question that we're going to tackle uh, in a little bit, and I thought it would be good for Mark to be here because you probably have the freshest perspective on it, um, admittedly. Very fresh. I, I think I've really dug dug into Revelation in the last like maybe three or four years because my efforts are elsewhere, and as much as I wish I were a steel trap of information that stuff just <laughs> floats out sometimes i'm like revelation is that the one with all the bowls and stuff so i thought it would be good to have you here to offer some um insight as to what you're reading and then maybe talk a little bit about when we get there um how your view has changed and continues to change as well i thought that would be um, good so thank you for joining us and changing and shifting your day although i recently found out that you haven't really worked in months yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're like oh thanks for changing your schedule it's like oh i don't have anything to do most people confuse me for jared so i just send everything <laughs> that's, that's, that's right oh, that's jared's responsibility. hey jared this person's expecting this from you <laughs> yeah it's good an entire bible study <laughs> right uh, i'll see what i can do 
<laughs> I, think, I think it'll work out just fine today. I love what you just said because it was so relatable to me when you're like, yeah, just stuff kind of floats away. I'm like, I constantly, when I'll be in a conversation with someone, I'll be like, I remember when I knew about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. So, it's like my yeah. focus, like, unless I'm specifically focused on it for a very, very long period of time. Like I'll I'll know everything about it, and then a month later I'll be like, oh, what's that? <laughs> like yeah. I just I don't know what it is, and so, maybe it's just that split focus when you get so focused on one thing, it's just like okay, my mind's not really focused on that. Part I'm of the issue is just crazy. the sheer volume of information in the Word of the Lord. I yeah. think that's yeah. it. like I was talking on Sunday Bible one hundred and one. Oh yeah, sixty six books, thirty one thousand one hundred seventy three. You know verses. You got you know eleven hundred eighty nine chapters, over seven hundred fifty seven thousand words, and it's just massive. Yeah. And so yeah. to um, Rachel sent me a text just a little bit ago about Elisha and some kids making fun of him and, you know, calling Baldy and oh, yeah. two bears come out of the woods and kill 42 children. <laughs> and then she just sends me the, you know, the wide eyed emoji like, ah, and she's very familiar with, with this. Um, but every time you read yeah. it, you know, and that's not a section of scripture that I walk around thinking about all the time, yeah. but that has meaning. There's meaning to it. Yeah. Um, and it's in there for a reason. And so the sheer volume of information in God's word, it's hard to keep all of it. To, together, yeah. um, and Re Revelation is a book that stands unique in the New Testament, mm -hmm. uh, unique in in God's Word, and so, and it's there's so many different views that I think it's um, it's almost like playing guitar, like there's calluses, right? If you haven't mm -hmm. played electric guitar for a while, and then you go to practice, you're gonna get some, your fingers are gonna gonna hurt, and and then till the callus builds up and the body starts to be more familiar with it, and so it's the same thing with scripture. Like when I'm in the Gospels a lot, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is great. I'm never gonna forget this, and then yeah. and then I move on to you know you know, the epistles, and I'm like, what was in the Gospels? Hey, who said that? Yeah. yeah. Somebody talked about the birth of Jesus with that Matthew or Luke. It was, you know, and, yeah. and so it winds up just being uh, such a large amount of information. So thank you again for being here, um, because I think your calluses on Revelation are built up really good right now. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we had that instruction, Timothy, I think it's in Timothy, to preach by reminder. Yeah. Like, even as inst instructors, we're to teach by reminder. Like, we're not always... You let know. me remind you again. Yeah, let me, of I'm telling you this the again. Gospel, let me right, remind right. you of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think it'll be I think something be you good. knew you used to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's welcome. Wanna do that? Should we welcome? Yeah. I think we can welcome. Welcome to the Atrium of Hope Christian Church Podcast. I'm Jared Crave, Arts Pastor here at Hope Christian Church. And you are. I am Neil. And I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Christian Church. And, and you, you are. are. I am Mark. I'm the adult pastor. <laughs> you are an adult. Yes. I am. We're all children pastors. <laughs> right. I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> it just I'm, ends. I'm tired. <laughs> what happens? This happens every like two or three we episodes. We all took a breath at the same time. And it <laughs> felt bad. <laughs> I was like, Jared has something to say. Yeah. Did um, you come up with any type of meet and greet? Oh, for this, uh, yee -hoo -ha -ha. yeah, I do. We hoo ha. Um, yeah, we hoo ha. So we. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you getting so whiny? I don't. Huh. Don't you really know. do turn into Anakin sometimes. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. <laughs> it's so well, when she's like, "That must be bad," and he's like, "It's worse." <laughs> <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> he's yeah. always negative and criticizing me. He doesn't understand. <laughs> like, oh my good. gosh, this is awful. Anyway, yeah. so we got a um, 
I guess we'll just go into it. Do we want to do like? Do we I'm I'm listen? down. Okay, so we got a uh, a question from a listener. Yeah, we can start with this one first. Yeah, I think because yeah. it makes sense yeah. Bef- yeah. to do it before meet and greet, right? Yeah, this would make sense. All right, so I know Jared has preached in the past. I think it would be great if Jared and Neil would switch positions for a Sunday and also on the podcast, including the meet and greet intro. Lots to unpack. So th- this is a suggestion. Yeah, this yeah, is, a, this suggestion. is a, suggestion. a suggestion. So Jared has preached in the past. I think it would be great if Jared Neal's switch pitches. So we could probably do that. I think we probably could because you can. You're pretty good at guitar. Like you can make your way through a song. I a I song gotta tell two. you though, I've got no pipes anymore. I really don't. Like I really. Yeah. Is I, it just because you you probably I'm sing so, so infrequently? Yeah, I don't sing. Mm-hmm. Not like that. Not no, for yeah, yeah. not for a half hour or an hour at right. a time at a rehearsal. Right. Like I can do. Well, yeah. If you do don't you, use it, you lose it. You really yeah. do. Do you, you really find that do. like your voice just like like you lose your voice or you? I lose, I lose my range yeah. and it gets, it gets tired. So my voice is really conditioned to talk right now. When I first started preaching, mm-hmm. you know, and then we moved to three services, my voice was fried for like a day or two afterwards, like yeah. just tired. Now I could preach, you know, probably five, six services, talk yeah. all the time, talk all day. No problem. Yeah. But I can't sing. Mm. I was trying to sing along. Um, the church has a playlist on Spotify Yeah, and, um, Raise a hallelujah. Oh, that guy, though, he sings so high anyways. But there was a time where I could kind of hit that note. Yeah. And um, I, you know, hit hallelujah, and it sounded like a 13-year-old boy coming of age. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, (laughs) it turned into a yodel. I was like, oh, that's a cool take on that. All these Ricola kept getting (laughs) handed to me. I'm like, I mean, it was just so. Swiss version. I can't. I can't hit those notes anymore. Yeah. So we would, if we switched, I would be in drop C. That's fine. Probably. I keep trying to get Chris to sing, but you know how low his voice is. He's like, I can't sing any. Well, it's more like I can't sing any of these songs. You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I it's can, fine. You don't have to sing at those keys. I could do it. Do it I, lower. We just talked about it. The I, lower you go, the more, the more realistic it is for most of the guys in the room to sing. I would still like to do pastor band. We should. I really, really would. Yeah. We just got to figure out a place for Chad. He can do an interpretive dance. He could preach. He could preach. He could. Go. He could. He could. Maybe we'll do that. He could do. He could do one of those things where he he does the painting that's really abstract, and then at the end of the song he flips it, and it's actually Jesus. Do we have <laughs> ribbons? That we no, could but we could wrists? get finger streamers. Okay. Yeah. He yeah. could. He could prance along. Oh, <laughs> finger streamers. <laughs> yeah, you've never seen those. It's like a. It's a streamer, and at the end is a little plastic loop you put on your fingers. Then you can while you dance. It's like. Uh, mm. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I grew up very Pentecostal, so. <laughs> I would like I, to do I pastor band still. We'll do this. We'll do this probably at some some point next year. This year. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's going to happen. We got the rest of the. Well, year there's like three out. weeks left in the year, so. Well, it's and not, you're missing four of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a mathematical problem. Oh boy, his allergies are acting up. <laughs> uh, well, it's a symptom of COVID is missing weeks. All right. Okay. So, so do we want to switch, switch for the meet and greet? What, oh what if we're gosh. the same person? <laughs> when you do this, I know. <laughs> we'll do it. That's fine. All right. So it's time for our favorite segment: meet and greet. Ba da ba ba. That was terrible. Was. That was so bad. I've never done it before. I thought it'd be better. We just talked about Jared being a singer. It was the I same note. I screwed that up so bad. It was the same four notes in a row. Let that be a lesson. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. 
There is a particular way we have formatted this <laughs> podcast, and when we deviate, it causes mass destruction. But these are just notes. Uh. <laughs> you, I'm going to go back and reevaluate. Should we have hired Jared to What I'm nervous it? about is that you've just sent out Morse code of a nature we don't understand to a wide audience. Uh, <laughs> we're about to discover the new species that's been living back on Jerry's trail. Right. There's a spaceship somewhere on Mars. It's like, uh, the signal's come in. It's you want to try it again? No, because I'm worried it'll just be as bad. Can we auto-tune it and post? <laughs> no, I have no oh. ability to do that. Well, you came ba -da -ba -ba. up. Right. Is that, that's more like... Think, well, now I'm second-guessing. Uh, now ba -da -ba -ba. I don't even know... Now I don't even know the song. Right. You gotta, Justin, bah. Justin, where are you? Sing the song. Well, you might have dialed him with your bop, 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 bop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's Justin Timberlake's phone number in Morse oh code. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, so meet and greet. Meet and greet. Um, there you go. Okay. Now that I've got you both here, I'm very interested in the answer to this question. And I don't think, I was trying to think back. I used to have a running list of questions that I would like to ask, and then I'd cross off the ones, and that was years ago. Mm. So I've... I haven't kept up with it. So tell me if I've already asked this, but the zombie apocalypse happens. Ah, oh, this sounds familiar. I've asked a similar question that uh, I know So of. you're a premillennialist. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> this is hypothetical oh, okay. and is Shut not derived down, from Storm. my <laughs> theological beliefs. <laughs> the zombie apocalypse happens. So three and a half years in the tribulation. <laughs> yeah. Six more. And then <laughs> the desolation of... <laughs> The desolation of smock. Um, okay. You are in a position where you have to defend your family. What weapon do you grab? Mm. What is the weapon that you have in your hand to defend your family with? From the any, any weapon I want or, or the weapons I currently have in my home? Realistically, what do you get? Let's say Nothing something happens in, in the, my house. Let's say something happens. It's on the news. We're here at the office. And we're like, we should probably go home and like figure out what to do because you know society yeah. is quickly falling yeah. apart what do you do do you go to home depot do you you try to construct something like what's realistic in what, a day what do you think home depot is well they've got like they've got all <laughs> kinds of stuff you can they got saws they got power tools two by fours. you could literally come up Jersey's with a weapon gonna be a two by four How many home depots have you been kicked out so of i can see you guys weapons? won't survive very long that's fine <laughs> at this point i know where i'm headed i'm just curious yeah. Yeah. you know the you've got a day God, to kind of make a plan of, sort of the spirit do you i mean what do you, <laughs> you're just gonna quote scripture adam <laughs> it's right here jared all right sharper than any two of a sword so here's the thing and and i can't I don't know how to shut this down, but I don't know anything about zombies. And so they're, if, yeah, like, you got to take their heads off. What you got to do? Is there, I don't, I don't know. There's different kinds of zombies, I guess. That's I don't know anything about zombies. So the first thing I do is research what kind of zombie I got coming. Yeah. And then figure out, you know, what the weak point is. Like, yeah. maybe water. Maybe they don't like water. Yeah. Maybe they're the aliens from signs. At this point, I'm fine. My son has, I don't want to brag, but he's got 13 garden hose nozzles. That's true. And because uh, he, yeah. that's what he likes. You look like one of those uh, container system. ships that's warding off Somali pirates. It would look like a, a storm, nonstop storm in my house. I would just that's have genius. the water going. Oh, then we could just go to like Kalahari. If they, if, if you can, if like it requires a head ripping off. Yeah. I, I think I got all the weaponry I need right here, boys. <laughs> I would wrestle those guys down. Nice. I have an unbelievable amount of aggression. Nice. But, the, but the problem is, is like, I'm assuming like this is the kind of zombie that if it bites you, you yeah. will you will contract the virus or whatever it is and turn into one. So so uh, that might be too risky. But uh, <clears throat> I'd probably cover myself with some Frank's Red Hot. 
because I keep, I keep a lot of that in stock at the house. And everyone knows how much zombies hate spicy food. It's like predator, I think they don't like, like Frank's covering yourself in the mud. <laughs> right, it's yeah. exactly what it is. And um, maybe a citrus. I feel like they would yeah. like citrus. Yeah. Because that's a you know a fresh yeah. smell. I can't imagine zombies like a fresh smell. Yeah, that's probably true. So I go home. I make sure Henry and Rachel are also covered in red hot and oranges. It's good. <laughs> Is that the name of the podcast? Red hot and oranges. <laughs> Writing it down. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I do a little bit of research and I uh, get the hose nozzles going. Because uh, at this, and, and listen, this is my this is my fight. So I assume they don't like water, and uh, I'm gonna rip their heads off. Well, cats don't like oranges. Really? Yeah. Is it the citrus? Yeah. Like you put a like a anything like lemon, any type of you know citrus smell. They don't just don't care for it. Mm. You get a couple of cats at home. Yeah. Present them oranges. All right. They're if your your Done. cats will probably start eating the oranges. <laughs> Our cats hate oranges, but yeah, Rachel had read somewhere that they don't like citrus. Mm. And it's like how you keep them off a counter or something like yeah. that. You know, mm. hey, a lot of things don't like citrus. The mosquitoes, right? I don't know. This is all news to me. I may be making this up. <laughs> so well, you're pretty sure zombies don't like water. I don't know where that came from. This is just. <laughs> well, how could they? They're filled with holes. <laughs> could they? Maybe like, they, they just need float. a good cleaning out. If well, you're, I... <laughs> if you're filled with holes, you're gonna sink. Right? I read an article about 10 years ago about why all zombie apocalypse like movies and stuff make zero sense because a zombie is basically rotting flesh. Mm. It's going to rot and fall yeah. apart and that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There, there's no possible yeah, way for right. zombies to perpetuate. Yeah, there's something unrealistic about it. Yeah. And that's the main thing. And that's the main thing. <laughs> Nothing yeah. else is on it, <laughs> right. the rest of it. Very yeah. realistic. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> It's the biology of it that's the problem, the anatomy. (laughs) So that's the only problem we have to hurdle. Yeah. And then we can accomplish. Well, I have it under good authority. They do not like water. Okay. Go ahead. What would you do? do? We're here at the office. We hear word of crazy things happening, and we know we need to protect our families, and we're probably going to have to fight. What do you do? Machine gun. Okay. How are you getting a machine gun? Home Depot. Second Amendment, baby. (laughs) Do you have a machine gun already? Because I feel like it to find right one in less than to buy a machine gun. Where are you buying it? Okay. Where are you buying it? The machine is this gun the platform store. you're going to run on. It is my right to mock Mattingly for city council. Machine guns for machine all Americans. Guns for all Americans. <laughs> it's like the what is that guy's name? The dude with the boot on his head who talks about mandatory uh, teeth brushing laws and oh, everyone know. gets a free horse. Oh, Vermin, Vermin Supreme. No, his name what is Vermin is Supreme. I can't remember. It, it's. I think it's a, a city council dreams? position that this old guy who wears a boot on his head calls himself Vermin Supreme, and he he's basically, he runs in every election he can get his hands Did on. Did you see this at the height of an allergy attack? <laughs> this is why I wanted out of my bedroom. <laughs> he appeared to me. You guys have seen the guy with the boot on his head, right? <laughs> Look it up. It's very funny. Oh, I refuse to have that search history on there. <laughs> I'm not falling for uh, this again. I'll look it up for you, Neil. So I think you're probably <clears throat> saying that based on video games, right? Because that's what they always use in video games. Is well, I don't want to get close. I'm not gonna. I'm not going at a zombie. I want to be away from it. So okay. Right. Distance. And I and I also because you're not trusting Frank's to, no. to keep you safe. And I also <laughs> the, the Frank's want, shield like, will take out a lot. I'm assuming it's going to come in a wave. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So it could be. I need um, to handle volume at a distance. Okay, but how are you... This is supposed to be realistically, what are your steps between hearing the news here at the office and getting home to protect your family? Where are you getting a machine I'm gun? You. you can't oh, just say, just, oh, I'm just going to buy one. This is Where? Realistic. You buy oranges. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's going to be an orange rush. That's Look at all those fools though. getting bottled water you know, and canned food. You're not gonna I'm getting Franks. Anyway. <laughs> C fights everything. <laughs> There's going to be a citrus uh, rush. You're not going to be able to find citrus oh anywhere. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I'm not getting a real answer out of you. So you want to know where you? Why do you want to know where you can buy a machine gun? He's the one saying he's going to get a machine gun, and he's the one giving that as his answer. I want to know. Okay, what is your plan? How are you getting this I machine assume, gun? I mean, the you way can't you just talk go buy one. Home Depot. I assume they have them. Oh yeah. my gosh, this is a mistake. Or, you shouldn't have allowed him back on this. Is there podcast. a Super K nearby? Or a Costco? Costco probably has. Didn't Walmart used to sell guns? Oh yeah, they yeah. did. They oh, did. Yeah. I remember that like as a hunting kid. guns and stuff. Yeah, nothing crazy, but yeah. it was still like. I remember that. Those were real guns. That's crazy. Yeah. I used to go stare at the bow and arrows. I just wanted the bow and arrow so bad. Yeah, because I loved Robin Hood. You wanted to and also, shoot. what makes you assume I don't have Stop. a machine gun at home already? Well, I one, I don't know what you have at home. Exactly. But I'm assuming by machine gun you mean a full automatic weapon, which I'm pretty sure you don't have a, a license gun. for. Oh, but need, I don't know. Oh, you <laughs> Maybe you do. That? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I've spoken. I said too much. <laughs> Anyways, what so. would be your? What would you use? Would you use uh, the oranges or the machine gun? No, I or would the... probably. So I, uh, I don't have like a bunch of guns at home or anything like that. I'd probably do the whole like go to Home Depot, grab a bunch of nails, <laughs> grab a baseball bat, and just create a, a hitting weapon, okay. something like that. And then I'd have to construct some booby traps, obviously. <laughs> Some yeah. saw blades that shoot out of walls or something. I don't know. That's about <laughs> as unrealistic as like, oh, I just buy a machine gun. I'm gonna go hire a mercenary Depot, army to protect my to house. Like lean into this marketing. <laughs> I don't. Aspect I don't think of, so. Well, I'm wondering if he's picked up a part time job at Home Depot. <laughs> they're like, listen, we'll give you an extra this dollar is the key an hour. To our salvation. <laughs> like, listen, I have access to nearly 500 people a week on a podcast. <laughs> I can probably so, grease the wheel a little bit for you. Maybe. I'm just thinking, like, in terms yeah. of where can you, any hardware place is going to have what about the tools camp, to construct camouflage? stuff. What if you... I See, I don't know that... Uh, if you look like one, maybe, or can they... Is it scent, maybe? Is it smell? Is but, it? But how's their nose working? But how's their eyes working? I don't care for any of this. See, yeah, none of it's realistic. too far down this rabbit hole. None yeah. of it's real. So, yeah, anyways, I was true. just curious, and this fell apart. Thanks, Mark. I feel like it was great. Well, we got the the <laughs> podcast title out of it. Perhaps <laughs> was it Red Hot and Oranges? Red Hot and Oranges. Well, could, that, could that be a band name as well? I think he's got Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, uh, oh, a buddy of mine started a band in, in high school called Elisha and the She Bears. Are you really? serious? Say that earlier. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> the she Bears. Did he have like she-bears. two women in his band? Because that would be pretty funny if it was like him and then two ladies. I don't remember who was band. in that band. That was like the that's like the, the age where you start a band every week and that's it's like true. all the same. Were they a Christian band? people. They? Oh no. no. Did you start no. a band when you were younger? Oh yeah. Yeah. What kind of music did you guys play? Indie rock, baby. Oh heck yeah. Hands tied to the wheel. That was my high school band. Really? Yeah. Hands huh. tied to the wheel. Uh, based like off dark. the Dracula novel. Um, oh. Where when Dracula comes over to across the sea, he comes in on the ship and then on the ship, everybody's dead. And even and the captain is as his hands tied to the wheel and Mm -hmm. they don't know what happened. They don't know why. The mystery. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that was a cool use of 20 minutes. I thought it was very good. Yeah, I thought it was great. Thank you for. Let's entering into let's that talk about Sunday. (laughs) Let's talk about Sunday. Yeah. Start of a new series. Yeah. The one on ones. Um, this is a five-week series, and Sunday we started with Bible 101. Um, just wanted to give just a kind of a brief overview, kind of a 
a very bird's eye survey of the scriptures, and then we'll be covering Old Testament this week, then New Testament, and then evangelism, and then you've got discipleship. At the end, you'll wrap that up. Mark will wrap that up. I always say you, and I forget that sometimes people just listen. <laughs> so I, hey, I, you. I have to use names. <laughs> hey, it's me, and it's you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome See, to the podcast. So Mark will be wrapping up um, that series, but I'm excited about this series. Yeah. One of the dangers, and I kind of alluded to it on Sunday, was you know, uh, you get all different kinds of people at a church. You have people mm-hmm. that have, you know, are maybe not believers, although I don't think that's predominantly what you get in, yep. in the church. I think it's people that have some type of some type of belief, um, whether or not, you know, they've got that saving faith or what the Lord has done and where they're at in their understanding of Scripture. And one of the dangers is that if you've been a Christian for a while, you're probably just going to be like a one-on-ones, you know, I'll just forget about it. And not that you will... Your salvation is based on you knowing how many authors, you know, there were in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But this is just foundational information. And part of what I wanted to do uh, in this series, at least for the first three sermons, was to really highlight the uniqueness of this book and just the miracle that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even the most seasoned Christian at some point may, like we all suffer from, have forgotten some of this information, and it's a good refresher, but to understand that the scriptures were put together over a 1,500-year period and that it all just fits together, like, that's a miracle. That's There's nothing else like it. And so <clears throat> the Word of the Lord is living and active, double-edged sword, right? Sharper than any double-edged sword. And so I wanted to, to highlight that in these um, first kind of three uh, sermons. Old Testament in particular, I wanted to spend a little bit of time on because we've just seen, and, I, and I'm not going to bring it up on on Sunday um, because I never, I'm always trying to be careful about, you know, saying specific people, but somebody like Andy Stanley talking about let's be unhinged from the Old Testament. Like the Old Testament is there for a reason. And so wanting to combat some of the wave we've seen in the church, which is like, yeah, you don't really need the Old Testament, but you don't, Right. it would be like, you know, for those of us that enjoy Star Wars, just, you know, watching Return of the Jedi just plucking it out. You don't really have context. You need the first two to understand that. And so uh, wanting to spend a little bit of time of um, just highlighting the scriptures and then getting into what the scriptures teach. And then one-on-ones of evangelism over the years, I've just gotten a lot of uh, questions from people about how do I share my faith? What does that really, what does that really mean? Uh, We've got these terms, salt and light. Uh, You know, let's go be salt. Let's be light. And we kind of lump them together and, you know, um, I'm excited to bring a little bit of understanding, hopefully, yeah. to what that what that means. And then what is discipleship? You know, we're supposed to go and, and make disciples. Well, that's evangelism. But but what about discipling one another? That discipleship through connection that we talk about. Evangelism being that discipleship through conversion. And so Mark being our adult pastor of discipleship and assimilation, which is his full title. He's called him adult pastor for short. Um, does and arranges and studies and goes through curriculum and figures out what's good and what isn't. At least that's what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> he's, Why is he writing? That's his he's, job. He's been telling me to do that for like the last six months. He was like, hey, what was the third one? <laughs> Let me really write that down. Um, but he spends, you know, a lot of your time figuring out how do you disciple people? I mean, that's small groups. Is yeah. how, do, how do we disciple through connection, right. through building relationship and community? And so yeah. um, I yeah. thought he would be the, the perfect person to, to teach on that subject as well. So yeah, I'm excited about this series. On Sunday, I'm going to highlight the atrium in because I think it's a good time for people to ask questions. 
yeah definitely the, right the old adage there are no there are no dumb questions but mm-hmm. sometimes in the church setting people fear asking questions that they may feel are a little bit more elementary but this whole series is designed to be this is basics this is foundational stuff yeah and you know we talked about learning an instrument you know what oscar is learning on the on the piano right now uh, you know these are the keys and these are the note designation for these keys he will never not know that unless he quits piano but that that has to be there with everything he does and i think what needs to be there with everything we do is a good healthy understanding of what the Bible is, what the Old Testament is, what the New Testament is, and then what we're supposed to do with it, go and evangelize and make make disciples. And so I'm excited about this series. And so hopefully we'll get some questions coming in throughout this series that'll be a little bit more um, sermon, tied to the sermons, I should say. Today's questions are not. Uh, last week we answered a question, and um, there was kind of a two-parter, and so we answered the first part of it, we want to answer the second part of it, and that's one of the reasons Mark's here today, is to um, help us kind of have a better understanding of Revelation and um, talk a little bit about his journey. Yeah. And then the other one uh, is more of a question of uh, leadership in the church and the role of women in ministry. Yeah. So we can start digging in. Shall we? We shall. All right, here we go. <clears throat> <clears throat> Our first question, kind of the the second part of that one you guys hit on last week. There have been many individuals over the years who have unsuccessfully tried to predict the rapture's date and time. I've also seen many compelling uh, arguments with biblical references for each side of the spectrum concerning pre-tribulation versus post-tribulation rapture. We all know there is only uh, one that knows the timing, and that is our Father in Heaven. However, through your biblical knowledge and intuition, where do you feel that we are at in the timeline of the last days? Do you believe in a pre-trib or post-trib rapture? Do you feel that the recent events of the delivery of red heifers to Israel proposal an upcoming vote to separate Israel and create a Palestinian state and predicted energy and food crises uh, this coming winter will, uh, with possible imminent world economic collapse, be catalyst to speeding up our Lord's return? Thanks for taking your time to answer my questions. Boy, that's loaded. It is, and <clears throat> I thought it would be good for maybe the three of us to talk about this a, a little bit. Yeah. Because our views might be might be differing, they they might be shifting, they might be changing. Um, so the first question is through biblical knowledge and intuition, where do you feel that we are at in the timeline of the last days? Where do you feel like we're at? What do you think is the next event on God's I'll John MacArthur's? What is the next event on God's prophetic timetable? What do you feel that <laughs> uh, Jesus will return? Okay, <laughs> Amen. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Are you there too? <laughs> yeah. Sweet. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel we're like you and me. I feel like you and me are sitting here waiting for Mark to like Let's talk go. about this. I want, I, we're going to get no, into no, no, it. We are. We are. We are. No, I want, I want to take our time with these. Yeah. Um, do you believe in a pre-trib or post-trib rapture, Jared? Currently undecided. But I lean towards uh, post-trib. Or, well, I lean towards uh, non-traditional, non-dispensational uh, you know, premillennial view of the rapture. Okay. Right? So I lean away from that. I grew up with it, but I'm, I currently lean away from that. Yeah. So. Best mark. So I, I want to p- start by pointing out when he asks, are you pre-trib or post-trib? That's implying one view of the, of the apocalypse. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's implying the premillennial view, and there right. are three major views: premillennial, postmillennial, and amillennial. So he's asking, he's assuming we're all premillennial, right? Which is 
understandable because that has been the dominant view in evangelicalism in the last hundred years. That's yep. that's the dominant view. That's what most people have been. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily historically over all of Christianity for the last two thousand years. Right. Um, all that to say, I have leaned historically premillennial, uh, pre-trib uh, that Christ is going to come, and uh, what that. Do you want me to summarize it? Yeah. Should what, we? Do yeah. It? Well, go back a little bit and explain premillennial, amillennial, and yeah. postmillennial for, for so our listeners. So the Revelation chapter 20 talks about the millennium, and a lot of people structure their view of eschatology, the end times, around this chapter, around the millennium and where it's going to take place. This being a thousand-year well, reign of Christ. Premillennialists view it as a literal right. thousand-year reign. Right. and. And so it really, the way you structure is where does Jesus come back in relation to this millennium? Mm-hmm. And the the premillennial view is that Christ will come back before the millennium, and then he will reign on earth here with the saints and raise the saints uh, from the dead, and they'll reign for a thousand years, and then will come the great white throne <laughs> judgment scene, the, the very end of time. Um, now... A post-millennial view will say that uh, there's not going to be a rapture per se. Jesus isn't going to come back partially, and and there won't be a rapture. There won't be that time of tribulation. Um, but what's happening is is over time, Christ is conquering right now. So we are in the millennium right now. The millennium actually started when Jesus sat down at the right hand of God. And so they're post-millennial, meaning Jesus will come post after the millennium. And uh, once the millennium's done, then he'll come back, and it'll be the end of the world. It'll, it'll judgment day will come. Yeah. Um, and then all millennial views uh, the millennium in Revelation twenty as uh, symbolic for this age, but really the reigning of Christ starts after judgment day. So the the millennium of Revelation twenty is actually happens in the next age in heaven, uh, and the saints will rule with Christ in heaven in the next age. And so the the argument of the rapture comes up in the discussion with premillennialism because of Thessalonians. It talks about being whisked away and taken up and meeting Jesus in in the air, and some will be taken, some won't be taken. And it's it's this idea that uh, either before the seven-year tribulation of of Revelation, and again, it all depends on how you interpret Revelation, because some people view it that there's a seven-year time of of tribulation or trouble on this earth. Um, Jesus is either going to come pre-tribulation and remove the church from that trouble so they won't suffer, or he's going to come post-trib, and um, the church will be in that time of tribulation. Um, so you can be pre-trib, post-trib, and still be premillennial, And that's the heart of his question. Right. But it doesn't even get at are you premillennial? <laughs> right. Yeah. This presupposes yep. that you know there's a, the premillennial view. Yeah. Is the view that we take or the correct view, and, and, and that a rapture actually takes place. Right. And right. I have, and I have been most of my life premillennial. And actually, I was right. raised, I was raised panmillennial, which means, yeah, in the end, it, it will all pan, pan out, out in the end. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Don't don't get hung up on on your eschatology. Yeah. You know, live for today, uh, kind of thing. Um, but I'm a very literal person. I'm analytical and I'm literal. And premillennialists tend to be very literal people. They they look at a very literal view of of the Bible, literal interpretation as much as possible. Yeah. 
Um, so that leads to a literal interpretation of Revelation. And literally speaking, you tend to end up with a premillennial view. Mm-hmm. Um, all that to say, um, that's where I've landed historically premillennial, that we are before the time of tribulation, we're before the millennium. Um, Christ will come and remove the church. That's what Thessalonians is referring to. And then after that period of seven years, he'll come back and bring us. And um, and then the thousand year, literal thousand years will um, will begin. Yeah. yeah. That's where I am leaning. That's traditionally, you know, that's how I grew up. And after Bible college, I, you know, and that's where I spent the majority of my time studying this because when you have to write papers on it, you need to get a good handle on it. And then again, I you know, over the years, just studying, you know, have leaned that way. Um, but like in our lunch discussion, I don't feel a pressure personally to land in one specific place. I feel uh, okay with uh, a good understanding of what's out there, what's possible based on what lines up with scripture. And there are, I think we would agree that there's probably scripture to support, you know, many of these yeah. views. Yeah, they yeah. all use scripture. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, there's teachers there's <clears throat> teachers I regularly listen to and have learned from and discipled from three different views. That have <laughs> have the opposite views on all this. Yeah. yeah. Um I don't think it determines whether or not you are saved. I don't think it determines whether or not um you can be effective for the Lord and do the good works that he's prepared in advance for you to do. Um I think that this is a secondary issue. Um, ultimately, uh, some might argue against that, but no, I, I, it's definitely, it might even be tertiary. Yeah. yeah uh, um, but I think it, the danger of this is it becomes primary for a lot right. of people. Like we talked at lunch, I mean, there's entire TV mm-hmm. networks dedicated to this. And, um, I mean, when COVID hit, Prepping I feel the tribulation. so many emails and questions, yeah. Because it was the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> like, should we use oranges? And I'm like, definitely get the oranges. Um, people, they're like, is this the end? Is, yeah. is this the end? Um, so where I'm at now is, <laughs> I mean, and honestly, I like the idea of a, a, a pre-tribulation rapture, right? Yeah. I mean, that that is the most beneficial for for us as believers is that we're not going to have to to be here um but i feel comfortable with the support from scripture but i i wouldn't set up a permanent home there i might have a tent in you know you're gonna be backpacking amongst these views (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 because what what is i mean over the years, and, and this is part of what I want you to talk about because you've been you've been immersed in this uh, this year. Um, well, let's just do that now. Like, what what has what has changed? You know, you've leaned, yeah, uh, that way. But where what has um, what has you scratching your head these days? Going hmm, things that make you go hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, one thing that I is over the last year I've really tried to think about is how much of my view of scripture. Am I filtering through the world mm. and the world events and what's going on out there? You know, things seem to be melting down. Things are getting worse. Things are maybe getting better in some ways. And how much am I looking at the world and trying to understand this versus looking at this and trying to understand the world? Mm. And uh, there are things in Scripture that are just crazy. They seem ridiculous. Promises that God makes. And it got to—I had to ask myself, like, do I really believe 
this? Like, do I believe this is where I start? This is truth. And then I go to the world or am I trying to fit the world into this to yeah. believe it? Mm. And so I started reading different scriptures a little, a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, Cause look at uh, like the examples given of Simeon who was waiting for the Messiah before he was going to die. And that promise, he was waiting for the, the, the seed, basically the, the promise, the descendant of Abraham at that point would have been, you know, 1500 years, like the, the promise had been extended that long and things had gone and think of all the things that happened in the world between yeah. Abraham, like the exile for God's people, everything that had gone on, yeah. like it looked bad at certain points yeah. and at other points it looked really good. You know, they came back, uh, Nehemiah rebuilt the temple, but he like, and then, then he was, he exists arrived at that 400 year period of silence between the Testaments, but he was still faithful because he believed in what God promised. And so then I, I look at my finite point of view and I see the world in my, you know, 29 years I've been alive. Mm. And um, you've aged harshly. <laughs> I know. I'm actually 62. <laughs> um, and I, like, am I filtering the world through my point of view, trying to get this to align with my experience? Or do I read what Jesus says when he says, I'll be with you to the very end of the age? Mm. And. Uh, and I'm putting all my enemies as a footstool under my feet. Like, am I, or do I take that and apply it to the world? Yeah. Knowing that, uh, and I mentioned this last week, like if you look at things differently and you try to open up yourself to new perspectives, uh, I, I it's, it's very helpful, I think, uh, cause you can look at, you know, at one point Christianity was not what it was today is today. Mm -hmm. Right now it is the the predominant religion in the whole world. And it started with 12 men that Jesus said, go to the world, go everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and now 2000 years later, they have. Yeah. And yeah, right now in this bubble, it looks bad, especially in America. Um, Cause I think, I, I do think America is at the point of judgment. I think God is, is judging America. And I think we might be too far gone. Um, and if you have questions about that, email Neil. Um, mm -hmm. My email is Mark Mattingly. <laughs> but you look at you look, you look at Christendom, like you know, at one point, like of the dominant empire of the world, Christianity was the required religion. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know whether that was appropriate or not is up for debate. But um, if you, you you have to believe that all God is behind all of this and not man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And God, God is either accomplishing what he wants to accomplish in his purposes or he's not. Yeah. yeah. And, and we have a tendency not to see the whole picture. Yeah. Back to the imprecatory Psalms. Part of that was we don't see the whole picture. David was in a cave about to be killed and he's crying out to God, you know, kill them for me, God. Yeah. And, uh, and eventually God took care of David because God knew the whole picture. Or if we're in a situation where, man, you know, we're grieving or uh, it seems like every, you know, we lost our job or everything's going, you know, we don't see the whole picture. And sometimes our praise and our service comes out of that when we don't see the whole picture. Yeah. And that's fine. Let me, let me ask you this, because you said something, you know, interesting. And when you, and I've done the the same research, you know, and, and probably read a lot of the same studies, Christianity is the dominant religion in the world. But do you feel that Christianity as the scriptures teach it is the dominant one, meaning true faithful followers of Jesus Christ, or is Christianity the claimed religion? Um, think about Catholicism, yeah. for example, right? That's because sure. that's the big one, yeah. right? That's that's everywhere, and 
our church is packed full of people that were former Catholics, and I have I meet with people regularly that have um, a complete misunderstanding of oh yeah of it, and so right. like <clears throat> when you when we see or maybe think you know the things are getting better i'm advocating that they're getting better or getting worse but like i think that that's part of what we have to do when we start examining things like eschatology in the current state of the world is what people claim and then what is and that's difficult because you can't turns out you can't see or read people's hearts um but did you find in as you've studied that you've kind of had that that same um I guess, uh, do you come to that same conclusion that it's more of a claimed thing? Well, even if it's, even if it is just claimed, think of it like market share, you know, yeah. of a business, like who has the biggest, who, when you go to Walmart, what chip has the most shelf space? Yeah. And it is Christianity. Cause if you look at the other religions, look at, uh, Islam, it's, it's the same in that religion too, yeah. as far as people who claim the religion, but aren't really living it. And, you know, do they really believe it? Are they actually, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it really is the same. You're, yeah. you're going to have that in every religion. But you think of where Christianity entered the market. Yeah. It had a 0% share. It had nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, even Judaism, what it came out of was was nothing. Um, the And all the religions that exist at the time, all the pagan religions that exist in that day, um, it, it stood it stood in the face of Christianity and was hostile toward it. And now it's at the point where it it is at the top of the list if you're like, if the question is like, do I believe there really are 2 billion right, Christians right, right, right. out of 8 billion people on the planet? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not yeah. sure. So sure about that. Well, yeah. Um, well, the road's narrow. So <laughs> the road's narrow. Yeah. Well, if you're premillennials. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, um, would it be safe to say that the majority of us believed in a, in a rapture? There was obviously the first coming Jesus, you know, coming to earth and then a rapture and then a second coming growing up. No, no I, okay. like I said, I, it, it really was, it was amillennialism. Oh, really. okay, okay. It was, it really was. Okay. It one day the trumpets will sound and yeah. it'll be the end of the world. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah it. I grew um, up with uh, left behind basically. So that's the other, like left behind. And when you're, you're talking about the, the movies and books oh, yeah. and that, that has influenced a lot of our modern eschatology. Is that the mm -hmm. one with Kirk Cameron? It's the Kirk Cameron one. Yeah. Wow. Look, and that is a premillennial view. I've never view. seen those. You've never seen that? I haven't no. seen them either. Really? No. Oh, boy. You're not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Growing Pains. Oh, then you've seen it. Show me that smile again. <laughs> Makes you want to end the world. Oh, mm. <laughs> But that's, yeah. that's, that series came from a dispensational premillennial view. Yeah. And, it, and that has affected a lot of... Explain dispensational for people. So dispensational um, is the view that God has spoken to and related to his people in different dispensations. So different agreements over time, God has expected things of us, and we have failed uh, to meet his expectations. So the Garden of Eden would be the first dispensation, is a covenant of works. We failed to meet that expectation. We failed. So then we moved into uh, a dispensation of nothingness, before the giving of the law. <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm not a dispensationalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They divvy them up five or like there's either five or there's seven. Usually there's seven. Seven. Yeah. Um, but then there's the dispensation of the law where the time of Moses was a separate time where the God's people had a different expectation than we do. Like they were expected to follow the law and that's how they could achieve righteousness. 
and then move all the way to where we are now. We're after Christ, so we're in a new dispensation. We're in the dispensation of the church. We're under grace in a way that the Old Testament was not. And so in all these different eras or dispensations, God has had different expectations of how to meet his his righteousness. And every time, humans have failed. Mm -hmm. So finally, we're at this dispensation where Christ has met it for us. And then the the next age is another dis, the final dispensation. So it kind of chops up, you know, all of this into God relating to his people in different ways. Um, and I don't hold to that. I don't think that's scriptural. I think uh, I think God is covenantal. I think he there's a u- more unity to the scripture. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's multiple ways to be because that teaches there's multiple ways to be saved. Like if theoretically you could keep the law of Moses perfectly during that era, during that dispensation, you could be saved. And uh, in the New Testament, like Galatians tells us, you know, no one can be saved through the law. Like it's, the law brings death. <laughs> right. Um, and so premillennialism is is attached to dispensationalism. Like that, if you're historically, dis- yeah. historically usually yeah, those yeah. two just go together because you view that kind of choppy segmentation of history and salvation, history of redemption. And so that premillennialism, that's what ushers in the next and final dispensation. Uh, or I don't know, do they view the millennium as a dispensation and then, then eternity after that? From my understanding, no, it's all okay. It's all one. It's that final, it's the final thing. It's the final it's countdown. Yeah. <laughs> it's when Oscar shows up. <laughs> Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and now opening for the that's tribulation. That's what's playing on the trumpets, I think. You think so? That's what's playing on the trumpets. Yeah, okay. the final. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to show up to the tribulation with a bag of oranges. So, <laughs> will this help? Covered in red Everybody's hot. He's like, enough with the oranges. <laughs> what is your problem? Yeah, I don't think demons like citrus. I'm pretty sure. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. No, no, no. But that attachment of dispensationalism to premillennialism has, has made me question it. Like, it, it's... It does kind of create that choppy, that choppy effect. And what's your issue with? Uh, I mean, because clearly there's an old covenant and a new covenant. So yeah. you've, you've obviously got two ways that God has decided. Yeah. But to, to, is the issue that they've given seven? Yeah. Because um, I would, I would, the traditional, I guess, traditional covenantal view is just you chop it up once. Right. Pre sin and post sin. Yeah. You know, there's the Garden of Eden, the covenant of works, and then after that, after the fall, that we after that comes the the uh the covenant of grace yeah. and so basically and what man, jesus did on the cross is retroactive well for, i mean right. that's hebrews yeah right. talking about yes. that right yeah so yeah. the co- jesus is the covenant of grace uh, or part of the covenant of grace and then the new covenant is within the within right. that so yeah. the old covenant the new covenant are all the covenant of grace it is it's one big covenant of redemption yeah yeah I think that's good you have anything to add oh no no <laughs> So uh, this listener goes on to say, um, do you believe in a pre- and post-trib rapture? Can you say that you lean more pre-trib rapture? Do you lean rapture at, at I get, all? There's like, or you're shifting. I feel like you're in a shift right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the weeds, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's why I brought you here. <laughs> like last year we did this study in Revelation at the church. Yeah. Um, and the study, the book itself we used was actually all millennial. But as I taught it, I presented both premillennial and amillennial views as those are the two big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I lean toward uh, pre-trib, but the arguments for post-trib are, are really good too. Yeah. It, 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 and it really gets into the exegetical weeds, like picking apart words and what, you know, 
phrases really here and there of, you know, of how people defend it. You were saying at lunch a little bit about post-millennialism. Yeah, I, that's what I've been reading the most of um, lately. Yeah. Um, post-millennial being this idea that Christ comes at the end of the millennium and we are, we're either in the millennium now because Christ is reigning on the throne, so he's reigning with his saints. He's reigning from heaven, us here on earth. Um, or or the millennium still is going to start, but there's not going to be a tribulation. There's not going to be a rapture where it's like, oh, it started. It's going to be a gradual, one day it will start and then and then continue to grow. Um, but that, that provides the view that um, God is putting all his enemies as a footstool under his feet, and he, he's reigning. And so from now till Christ's return, um, he, the gospel's spreading, that Satan is bound uh, right now, and so his power is restricted, and that's why the gospel can spread. And it's going to just keep spreading, keep growing until, uh, until all the nations and kingdoms have been blessed by Abraham. And it's fulfilling that old covenant promise of all the, all the nations being blessed by Abraham. When you say Satan being bound, yeah. can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so there's... Um, you mean bound as in within the boundaries that God has set for him, or bound as in unable to be active? Yeah, so um, this comes from a couple places in Revelation, and and what you're saying like is is interpreted differently, right? Um, uh, in Revelation, they talk about you know the binding of Satan, and then Jesus references he gives a parable about talking about going into a strong man's house. You first bind him before you go into his house. So people take that to view as Christ referring to Satan before Christ came to the world. He bound Satan. He restricted Satan's powers to a degree, right? And when he did that, he was restricting his power so that the gospel could spread once he left. And so that time, that incarnation, that time of him coming was was equivalent to him binding Satan's powers. Um, Do you see that as an additional tightening um, as Christ came? We'll just split up into testaments for the sake of ease. Yeah. But an additional tightening more than he was tightened or reined in in the Old Testament. I think of Job, obviously, for an example, yeah. right? I mean, I think that's some of the most clear evidence of yeah. Satan being like, yeah, you the boss, man. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Satan has, has always, always been bound, right? yeah. always been bound to some degree. It's not like Jesus finally got that blowing. But he blowing just maybe and, shortened the leash a little bit? Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Right. Um, some would view that that binding is going to come during the millennium, and they say that because, well, look around us. People right. are dying everywhere. We're in a time of plague, COVID, like— like all this evil that's in the world, it seems like Satan is winning or Satan has a, is doing just fine. Right. Um, but you also have to look at the gospel spreading. You know, is this an act of Satan being bound that the gospel can can be spread at all? Um, so whether you put his binding in the millennium or out of the millennium, that that is dependent on your view of right of. I, again, like, do you look at scripture first and view the world, or do you look at the world and then say, oh, well, that's what that means? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, one of the things that you get from Job is certainly that Satan has limited power, but the God has put parameters on everything. You know, when he yeah. tells Job, you know, you're listen to my words, you know, take it like a yeah. man. He starts talking about, did you tell the ocean they can go no further? Like, God is a God of, yeah. of, of boundaries, certainly. Um, well, but this, oh, go no, ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No. I want to finish your thought. I, I want to say something else, um, though. But this, this view of him, uh, Satan's influence being tightened, um, 
is is you know a, a view but then people are saying things like you know the world is getting worse but i think part of what we have to contend with is that is that the work of satan or is that the work of our sin nature yeah. right. right i think we blame satan for a whole bunch of stuff oh yeah that, i definitely yeah. agree with that oh yeah I, I think that you know we'll be like you know we'll you know well and it's, it's, it's the church lady mentality right yeah. yeah you know who tempted me well satan yeah it's, it's a whole character based on that but but there's no way to you know read the book of James and then and then come out with what is it that causes fights and quarrels among yeah. you? Is it not your own sin nature? Like yeah. I don't yeah. need Satan to lust. Like I don't need yeah. Satan to be greedy or to be covetous um, a lot. Yeah. And so oh man, we absolutely give Satan too much credit. Oh for sure, right. we view him yeah. as omniscient. We view right. him as omnipresent. As yep. running hell, that's one that people right. think like that Satan yeah. has access and he's going in and you know hanging out with Hitler and giving him a high five and then coming back to the earth. But that's he. That's not how it works. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. You were going to say something. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and to the, to the, uh, kind of to the point of God being in control, because um, in the question, he, he talks about um, events happening, things happening, things we think are coming, economic collapse, that sort of thing. Yeah. And he, he mentions about referring to kind of hastening the Lord's return. I got that circled, speeding and, up our Lord's yeah, return. Yeah. Like yeah. that, we need to remember, like, we're not. That that comes with premillennialism. We think sometimes we think we're we need to trigger, we need to do this. Right. Like Jesus set out, you know, these things will happen on the Olivet Discourse, and we need to we need to make them happen, and then that will trigger. Okay, God's waiting for us to do this. Let's do this, and then this will happen. Or, um, you know, and and that can also be sometimes a trap post millennials will fall into. Uh, we need to do this before God will start the millennium. Like we need to do better. We need to call this many. Well, this was the push for evangelism for years, right? You know, every ear needs yeah. to hear and, and have opportunity. And so we're going to, Rachel was telling me about this uh, tribe. I forget what she's screaming at the podcast right now, but there's some, some island that they've been trying to get to and evangelize, yeah. but they're so, they've been there forever, untouched by the gospel. Do you know this? Is this the one south of India? I, I don't remember, but everybody that goes gets killed before they set foot. Yeah, I think it's that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What is that? I, two oh, years ago. Uh, what is the name of that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, if you could look it up, I think that'd be good. Right I'm glad that you, that you said that because yeah. I think that um, we need to remember that we, there is no speeding this up. There is no. Right. There's also no slowing it down. Right. Like we're getting as much as we give Satan too much credit, we're giving ourselves too much credit. Yes, God uses us to do the work that He's prepared in advance for us to do. So. I'm not the work that I do for God is work that he's already assigned to me. There's no getting out of it. It's it's an assignment that he's given me. And there's no doing it too soon, there's no doing it too late. In my opinion, you know, the Lord has set these things up. I cannot thwart the plans of of God. And I think that's what they're referring to with do you feel that the recent events of the delivery of of red heifers to Israel, right? And that comes from um I think numbers numbers 19 yeah. where it's uh, you know, uh, they have to use red uh, heifers for for the sacrifice, and it seems. I think this. I read it was. This is the sixth or seventh time this has happened over the years. But now they delivered f five, one year old uh, red heifers. Yeah. And the thought is, is like that's that's a purification sacrifice, and we're just going to get the ball rolling now. Yeah. And, and so they're going to trigger something. It's going to trigger. Yeah. It's going to trigger something, and that's just not. That's just not how it how it works. Um, food crisis coming in the winter with possible imminent world economic collapse is speeding up our Lord's our uh, Lord's return. Uh, I think it's real important to um, remember that. Yeah, because you look look at look at all of history. You know, 
in the 40s when Israel became a state again, a recognized state again. That was, it was the same thing, you know, is this it? Like, you know, is this God bringing right. back together his nation state, you know, is this, and, and you think of a world economic collapse and, and, and like the world's gone through that before. Yeah. Look at World War II. Look at, um, I mean, that's even just American history. Look at, look at America, like the founding of America, like yeah. Europe collapsed. Um, and that's just our, that's just my very <laughs> brief <laughs> knowledge of history. Like the dark ages, the Renaissance coming out of the dark ages. You don't have a subscription to history? A subscription? Is that Jared is sponsored by, <laughs> sponsored by history. <laughs> sponsored by this podcast. Sponsored by history. <laughs> Things that have happened that are uh, written in books. <laughs> That's right. That's how I summarize history. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Stuff that has happened that's, that's written, written in books. books. I like that. That's good. <laughs> books. That island is called North Sentinel Island. Okay. By the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, or that's that one of. I'm sure yeah, there's probably maybe that's what she was talking about with uh, you know unreached people groups. Yeah, that's right. the uh, missionary went there yeah. a couple years ago. A couple years ago, got shot with an arrow. But yeah. I don't think that's the first one. I think that no, that's, the, it's yeah. happened a couple times. But it's like they're it's forbidden. Like you're not allowed to do that. When they I told, first yeah, heard that story, I didn't realize he was a missionary. Uh, it just sounded like this kid trying to do something. And so I, <laughs> every time that story comes up, there. no, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> every time that story comes up, I feel bad. Cause when it originally happened, I was just like, what an idiot. Why would he do that? And then I found out like he's a missionary. I'm just like, okay. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I think that this, this whole topic, um, can be, and this is part of what we talked about on lunch, it can be so divisive. Yeah. And I think that, I think that just has to be, I mean, clearly the scriptures, you know, Paul talks so much about division and unity uh, that this cannot separate us. It, it just can't. I mean, the things that can separate us are, uh, you know, a person that would say something like, Jesus isn't the son of God. Okay, well, now we've got something to talk yeah. about. But separate us in, in the sense that we remove ourselves from them, no, but that's where I think you remain and re, yeah. re-evangelize. I think these secondary or tertiary um, issues that, that come up, like eschatology and end times, I think if God wanted us to have a crystal clear understanding of it, it would have been, it, like the gospel is crystal clear. <laughs> like there's literally sections of scripture it was first corinthians 15 let me remind you again of the gospel that i was yeah. given and then he gives the gospel there's no question what the gospel is you know, christ died for us yeah he he was buried uh, he rose from the grave and he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers like i mean that's just it's crystal clear this is not so crystal clear and so that doesn't mean that we avoid it it doesn't mean that we don't study it i would i would caution don't get like i think you know, to spend, you know, uh, so much time on this that you're forgetting about the things that we're supposed to be doing that are crystal clear, like the Great Commission, like we talked about at lunch, Fruit of the Spirit, which is the homework for this week, like just remembering to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know, that list of nine things that the Spirit produces in us. If we're so focused on eschatology um, and we're not doing the things that we know are crystal clear, I think there's a danger to to it. Um, part of what we talked about at lunch was this idea of your eschatology determining or how it can determine how you view um, your ministry, how you view the world, maybe how you view evangelism. That is that some of the stuff that you've read in um, this year about how that, or is that something that you've experienced kind of yeah, firsthand? Uh, it affecting, I wouldn't say, yeah, affecting your attitude. Okay. Yeah, like attitude. how, how, 
you know, do you have a hopeful attitude for the future or do you have more, maybe a pessimistic view? Mm-hmm. And re- as Christians, all of us should have a hopeful view for the future. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the, really the first thing Christianity provides. <laughs> like that is like hope, hope Christian church. Our name is on, is, is on, our, on our building. Yeah. Um, but do we have a hopeful view of this age versus the next? Um, like a post-millennial view will have a very hopeful view that God is spreading his gospel throughout the whole world to reach all nations, and it will become the dominant force in the world, and it will affect every aspect of life. Um, and that that's a different picture than someone who might have the view that things are just crashing and burning, mm. and once it gets to the bottom and, you know, the, the sun turns to blood and, like, it's just the world, like, you know, it's like the fire is about to be snuffed out. Like it just, everything is as bad as it can be. That's when Jesus is going to come. Yeah. And that's two very different views. Yeah. Cause are, are you, then the, the mission, does the mission of the church become discipling? Yes. Evangelizing. Yes. Um, always. Uh, but is it more of a, is it a comfort based, you know, second Corinthians, we're here to comfort, uh, as we're here to suffer because mm. we are going to suffer. We're told that in the new Testament. Um, or are we to be uh, actively engaged in, uh, cultural pursuits yeah. and it, it, it will put different emphasis on where you make decisions for your ministry uh, or things you do. Um, but the fundamental things, and this is why it's a, a, not a, a primary issue. The fundamental things remain the same, I think. Yeah. Um, but to your point, like churches have split over this, like, Oh, big time. Like, right. I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if the listeners realize like it might seem inconsequential, but to some people it seems primary. Yeah, and right. I, I've yeah. talked to people, even here that attend our church, that have come from churches that split over the topic of eschatology. Denominations have split over this because one went one way and and one went the other. Yeah, and well, uh, people will use it as an evangelical tool as well to create a sense of urgency. You know, yeah. if we can look at and and you know. It, to the listener who wrote this, this is not what I'm saying you're doing, but if we can look at things like, holy cow, five, listen to that, holy cow, five, five red heifers got, five holy cows got delivered. Now all of a sudden, you know, we've got some movement. And so we can say to people like, look, you know, this is going to set off, a, you got to, got to get into the word. Yeah. You, you need to, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. And, and I think a sense of urgency needs to, to be there always because we don't know the hour. <laughs> yeah. I I believe like you guys believe. I think it could happen to today. Um I think that'd be great. <laughs> I, would, I would love that. <laughs> like, uh, that self- would solve a lot of problems. Selfishly. <laughs> yeah. Jesus just came right. back right now. We don't have to worry about Jared's allergies anymore. That's right. This um, fever gone. Right. So I I think that there's always a sense of of urgency. Um, you know, what is your life? It's a mist. Yeah. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. And, and so there is a brevity to life. I think that, right. um, you know, you've experienced some loss in your family in the last you know, several months. And isn't it's such a, a reminder of the brevity of, of life. And so there always is that sense of urgency, but people will use this because it, as an apologetic, yeah, uh, which I don't think we can, we can do. I don't think we should. Yeah. I don't think we should do that. Yeah. How, how would you um, recommend uh, people maintain uh, that sense of, of hope? Um, we talked about in your sermon um, on imprecation how, you know, there was a, a moment and it was a very sweet and powerful moment where you were uh, grieving the sin of our world. And 
Um, how can you grieve that sin? What would you recommend people focus on, you know, while grieving the sins of the world, grieving culture? Uh, we talked about at lunch, you know, in my lifetime, it seems like things have gotten worse. Uh, the internet has just been, boy, it's been something, hasn't it? You know, I remember being, uh, you know, just talking about just lust. Um, it, it, not a week goes by where I don't talk to somebody about lust, period. It's a, it's a, it's a massive problem for men and women, and the internet has made it um, easier to access more graphic ways to do to do that. So how do you, what would you recommend, or do you have recommendations, not to put you on the spot, for people? How do you maintain that hope? And when you said we should be, we should hope, um, what what are you saying they should hope hope in that future coming of of Christ? What what would you recommend for people to strike that balance? Yeah, so the the point of the book of Revelation is to give hope. It's not to induce fear. Um, it was written to the the churches that were struggling in a culture that was hostile to them, and it's it was the main theme is the reminder of Jesus coming, like He's coming back, and they needed that reminder because they were in a world where they were grieving, they were dying, they were being murdered, and. Well, look where John was. <laughs> yeah, John himself was in exile, exile in right. prison on, on an island in exile, and he's writing this letter of encouragement to them. And I don't think he was writing it as as this fear-inducing tool to, you know, get your lives in order. It was yeah. a, hey, guys, Jesus is coming. Like, the battle's already won. We just need to hold out a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, that, and, and we talked about the first half of his question last week, and he right. really got into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was he's using the book of Revelation and absolute well. right, yeah, yeah very yeah. well, yeah. And um, and then you know I'm glad we're kind of returning to that. Um, but he also he also mentioned that he's it's caused him to repent, um, which is is the is a, one of the main purposes of this book is to drive us to repentance because repentance is turning away from sin and turning toward God. The op- repentance and faith are the same thing. Basically, um, so our as we grieve the world, do we also grieve our own sin? Do we also view our sin as as something to be grieved, and not just look at the world and say, "Oh, things are so bad"? But do we remember, kind of like we were saying, like the problem is within us? We're not blaming the devil. We're not mm-hmm. blaming Satan. Um, but ultimately, you know, you look at Revelation twenty one and twenty two, twenty twenty one and twenty two. Uh, and it's it's the most uplifting chapters in in probably the whole the whole Bible, and the way it mirrors Genesis one two three, like it bookends the Bible perfectly, starting in a garden and ending in a garden, and that gives us every reason to have hope because if it's premillennial, if it's postmillennial, we know God has won the battle, and He's going to see us through to the end. Yeah. I think that um, part of the fear that, and I think there is some fear when it comes to the revelation, I think, um, in interpreting it. And I think a lot of that comes (laughs) from, you know, how John ends the book, right? Verse 19, and if anyone takes away from the words of this book, or I'm sorry, verse um, 18, I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book 
if anyone adds to them, God will add to them the plagues described in this book. Yeah. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life yeah. in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies these things says, surely I am coming soon. This is Jesus speaking. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all of you. And so it ends with this. Come on, Jesus, let's go. But beforehand, there's this unbelievable warning. Yeah. And I think that that presents um, some apprehension in in people. It, and it does for me a, a little bit to really want to rightly handle the word of truth. Like yeah. I, I don't want to... I have people, you know, and I think it's coming. Um, and maybe this is something you and I can tag team in the next year or two. Um, I've got a lot of people that want... a they want a sermon series on revelation and yeah. there is a bit of hesitation on my part not that I don't trust that the Lord can reveal, but he, what he, you know, what he wants through, yeah. through us and through the preaching. And, um, but there's this part that I'm like, yeah, you know, let me. So Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of preachers never preached on revelation. Mm. He never felt comfortable. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's the guy and I'm the new Prince of preachers. Yeah. So it and makes you're, sense. you're the next one. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. I was in line oh. for that. <laughs> you're the junior. You got that going. North <laughs> no, he never, he never preached. Like he was expository. He would preach through books of the Bible and he never went to revelation because he said he didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. And again, with this warning, um, you know, I think there, there is at least for me, uh, some, I, th I think I'm going to tackle it. I think I want to, um, because I think it's really important. And part of, I don't know, part of, I think the, what drives me to want to do something like that is to, I guess in, in, in a way prevent people from just going off too much into the weeds. Cause I really think that this can be a very, very slippery slope. Um, I've seen this more uh, within um, the elderly community, elderly Christian community, is that they're approaching, you know, as they age, they're approaching the, the reality of, of death. And I've had so many conversations with, you know, those that are maybe in their 80s or nine 90s even that this is where the, this is all that matters is eschatology and part of that is they don't feel like you know they have um as much opportunity because of their age to maybe do some evangelism and things like that um but it's not just that that community it can start very very young as well i've had conversations with you know um we had a, a individual at the church was like 10 years ago. It was just so buried into this. And so if you can maybe relieve some of that and yeah. uh, I think it, that would be a beneficial thing. And I think what it would be is, you know, we start with a revelation kind of one oh one, and then, you know, follow it up the following year with new. Well, tomorrow. I would also recommend uh, if anyone's interested, check out the the study we did on last year. Cause yeah, it, that in was, a lot of yeah. ways it was a one one Yeah. And we talked a lot about in that theme, how, these views can't divide us. Yeah. It's not. It's not worth it to divide us. Um, and it did provide kind of a some basic introduction to different views and lining out how because how you view the millennium, like for instance, will determine how you interpret the symbols in Revelation because there are symbols. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like whether or not you take it as symbolic or or literal, a yeah. lot of this, it's hard to be picky and choosy with it. If you take one as literal, then that kind of comes with a package deal. Right. You have to take these others as literal as well. And if you want to make this one symbolic, then, yeah, you know, the others have to be symbolic. Jared, do you have any thoughts on <clears throat> is, where are you at today? No, this is good. I'm, um, 
my my thing has kind of been like up in the air. Um, I grew up with uh, kind of the dispensational premillennialism in uh, just kind of that was the adopted view of the denomination I grew up in. And then in high school, once I started reading a little bit more and hearing more from other views, I started to really feel uneasy staying there. So I've kind of stepped away, but haven't necessarily stepped to anything quite yet. And mm-hmm. so it's one of those things where we were talking earlier where I'm just like, this is on my list, but I know it's going to take some mental time to work through and to really research and I want to do it right. So it's on my list to kind of wade more into it. And the biggest thing for me is wanting to just be well-informed. Um, you know, I never want to be the guy who's like, um, well, I don't have that view or I, I disagree with that view. Well, why? Well, I heard these things about, you know, interact intelligently with, with the views and that's what I want to do. And so, um, yeah, so I hope to, to lean more into it, but the, the biggest thing for me, and, you know, we talked about the, the, the division that this can cause, uh, when people are too preoccupied with it or the distraction it can be, if you, um, put too much emphasis on it and start missing out on the other parts, the probably more everyday practical, um, things that we need to be focused on and doing along with uh, growing in our understanding of Scripture and the Lord's return. But uh, the biggest thing and most pri- primary thing is, like, do we as brothers agree that Jesus is returning? Yeah. If we can land there, if we can agree on that, then we'll be fine. You yeah. Know? And we can have conversations like this. We can disagree. We can, you know, part of that, I think, brings joy of, of working through these things together uh, sometimes disagreeing, finding out why, and and spurring one another on to understand more deeply and stuff. And so I think there's a, a huge amount of value in doing that. But again, is it something that's going to bring joy and and help us grow together? Uh, you know, just like anyone else in in their community of faith, or is it going to be something that we you know take pride in? Like this is my position, and I know it really well, and so I just want to have arguments with people. Or is it something that just makes you feel like eh? You know, it just doesn't sound like you're a very good Christian if you have that other view, you know. So I think if we can handle it humbly, and I think you mentioned just it's less clear, so we need to hold it with a, a, a more open hand, whatever our our view is, if we adopt one um, or if we lean a direction, to hold it loosely and just, you know, I think that's humility saying, yeah, Jesus didn't put it in his in in his word like which view we should have and these views all came out of multiple people looking at the same revelation and coming away with a little bit of a different view but again we're called to believe that jesus is returning and to believe his promise that he will come back for us so if i'm gonna um, dig my heels into something it's not gonna be this right you know i think the bigger issue we have um are things like you know church church structure sure um you know churches that maybe, uh, you know, maybe a pastor is like, I don't need elders, you know, which there are plenty of churches out there. Well, you don't want to do that. Right. Um, I think digging our heels into things like, uh, things like, um, abortion, like we've seen, uh, what's happening in the transgender movement. Like if we're going to dig our heels in into Mm -hmm. places within the household of faith, this is not me advocating that we sit there and we go out and we get our picket signs and we make our posters and we stand outside of an abortion clinic. Um, but, you know, I, I think that that's if we're gonna if I'm gonna dig my heels in, I'm gonna spend time trying to rightly handle the word of truth and persuade those uh, that are, you know, saying they are in the faith of, um, you know, what the scriptures say. That's that's what I would I think be more 
beneficial in the long run. Sure. Because I, I think if you land uh, post-millennial, I don't think that's a sin, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a sin. I don't think if you land pre-trib, that's a sin. Like it, I, I don't think those are sinful things. I think... Right. You know, these are sinful things. There are other sinful things that within the church, if we're going to dig our heels in and we're going to let the temperature in the room rise because it, it can, I think, you know, there are better things that we could maybe spend our, our time on. But I think to have a good understanding of what this is, is really important as well. I think you do need to study. I think you need to have, um, and this for me is a, is a little bit of lit, a little bit of a fire as well to maybe go back and, and kind of revisit, yeah. you know, this idea of, putting together a, a series on, on revelation and, um, because it is part of the challenge of interpreting is, is it's not like some of the other books that you see in scripture because there is so much symbolic language. You, you really need to get multiple sources outside of the text itself. And yeah. so, you know, you're sitting there, uh, watching a debate with three teachers that you like who all have different views yeah. <laughs> that adds the confusion yeah. of it. And you said you watched this debate three times, and all three times you're like, "Yeah, that one, that one." Well, that makes <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, and I believe they're all faithful men, right? Well, that's yeah. the thing is, like, you can look at that, and these three guys hold very different views, yet they're all brothers. Yeah, in Christ. Yeah, you which know, is, and that's that's kind of the I, again, that's kind of the cool thing about this. You know, it can be a debate, it can be a friendly debate, it can be something like that. But again, it's not something that's supposed to cause division. If anything, it can draw us closer to one another and closer to the Lord as we delve deep into uh what he's given us in in his word so yeah i think it was good yeah well any other thoughts on any other revelations on revelation anything else you want to say i love the discussion um john as i said wrote the gospel of john as well and in in that gospel he wrote explicitly chapter 22 i've written these things so that you might believe yeah this is the gospel yeah he doesn't say that in the book of revelation right <laughs> that's not written in the book of revelation yeah. the the letter was written for a different purpose yeah and uh and not that it's less important but the gospel's primary it is and, right and the gospel is in revelation it is and um and those are the fundamentals that's what we stand on that's the ground we stand on and that's the ground we start with too. Yeah, I would never recommend a new believer go to Revelation no. and start there. <laughs> um, the Gospel of John is Jesus on Earth, right? His His mm -hmm. divinity on Earth, and then Revelation is Jesus in, in glory. Yeah, and and so there's a lot in between. Yeah, <laughs> those things. So, yeah, I think that's good. Thank you so much for adjusting your day to talk to us about yeah, this. Yeah, this is great. It's uh, a lot of fun. I'm very thankful. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. any time. Um, I think it'd be good. It's great. Hey, well, light and thing. I think we'll stop there today. We're going to get to another question, but the next question I think is going to take some time to, to dig into as well. Cool. Here we go. What's your favorite section of Home Depot? <laughs> <laughs> My dad Machine worked guns, at Home Depot right? for Machine guns, apparently. <laughs> artillery. If you... If <laughs> <laughs> right. Tanks. Or or that's good. We've already talked about that, though. Aren't you a Lowe's guy? I would say I prefer Lowe's. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Are you a Home Depot guy or a Lowe's oh, guy? Oh, yeah, Home Depot. Or a Menards? My dad worked at Home Depot. It was like his retirement job. Oh, yeah. He did part-time Home Depot to, you know, artillery. hang around the tools. Oh, okay. I think Lowe's only because I find that the, the design, you know, we did a lot of finish work. We've never gotten houses um, or we've been fortunate enough to, to live in homes that, 
you know, I didn't have to really dig in and do any type of remodeling. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't need any like uh, raw materials. Right. We did all finished type of, let's change a fixture here. Let's, and so we found that the, our taste was a little bit more Lowe's than it was yeah. Home Home Depot. So for you, it's Lowe's is better for for you from a design standpoint. I think so. Yeah. If you needed like raw ore to take back home to your smelter, you could go to Home Depot and get that those raw materials. Right. That's yeah. Nice. If I needed a smelter, <laughs> right, to fashion my weapons for the apaca apocalypse. Apocalypso. Did it dance? No, that's a Mel Gibson <laughs> movie, I believe. Is it? Is it? Apocalypto. Isn't it? About Apocalypto. The, oh, Apocalypto. That's it. Was oh, it about the uh, Aztec the... Empire or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it. I've heard it's very violent. Really? Yeah. That's, yeah have you seen is. it? I have, yeah. Was it good? I thought it was good. It's interesting, though, because they don't like speak English or anything, right? Uh, in the movie, they did. Oh, they did. Yeah. Okay, I don't. I don't know. I, if I recall, it's been a long <laughs> they time. They only speak Aramaic. No, I remember. Come on, Mel Gibson. No, I remember them thinking. Like, I remember thinking. Like, I think they were speaking English. Okay, it, it was like. It, so it's it, not like a subtitle. Threw me movie. off. I, I had yeah. heard Mel Gibson was gonna make. Um, Maybe I don't know. I can't remember. Another passion, passion too. Yeah, kind of a passion too. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, yeah. something about well, his resurrection after the resurrection. Or, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Is that in production? I don't know if it is I, or not. I don't know. I don't know if they're letting him make movies anymore that aren't. World I don't know War II. where we stand on Mel Gibson as a society. <laughs> it's very. He's, definitely he's very divisive. Dispensational. <laughs> Mark claims no yesterday was Halloween. Uh, Mark claims that he, and I believe you, uh, that he did not eat any Halloween candy. Oh, really? You yeah. didn't? He's a machine right now. He's just. He's good for you, man. What did you? Did you? I don't think so. Really? We didn't do anything. I so uh what was the day? So Saturday, like we were thinking like maybe we would take the kids, you know, trick or treating or whatever. And yeah. like we just didn't make a plan, so it never happened. And then Saturday night rolls around and apparently Saturday night was Elyria's uh trick or treating. Oh. So oh. like people came to our door and we're like, Oh, oh go get some trunk or treat candy. <laughs> so we did that. But no, he yesterday Cheeto. What did we do yesterday? Yesterday we didn't do like Halloween anything. Uh, I mean, I had in my mind like, ah, Reformation Day, but that was literally, that was. Yeah, that we was, definitely got a track for that when we were trick or treating. We, our, our neighbor, one of our neighbors oh, for real? always gives out tracks for Reformation Day. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Now, yesterday, so we had small group on Sunday and Brand, Brandy made these brownies. Mm. And she makes these brownies that, like, they could be sold for like $5 a pop. Yeah. Really? They're just unbelievable with icing just, on them. And just. Not just an ordinary brownie, a five dollar. No, like they're yeah. There's icing and sprinkles on them, Ooh. and like so. And there were some left over. They've been sitting on our counter, just mocking us. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I took a bite of one yesterday. Okay, okay, that's good. And then I spit it out. Oh, really? come on, D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Like people are gonna think I have you, an eating disorder. Oh no! You basically did wine tasting with a brownie. I did. You like chewed I, and switched. I don't know how you I've do been, that. You, well, that's the power. Once of the, it's in my mouth, the I'm, power of these brownies is how, like, to get it's them the power to that of high point. cholesterol. <laughs> uh, but let me tell you this: it was worth it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad awesome. I did it. Wow. You're glad that you spit it, or you're glad that you at least tried? I'm glad it? I tasted it because yeah. I still probably still can you fully taste something without a few calories swallowing it. I would think so. Yeah, your taste buds are in your mouth. Yeah. No, I know that, but I just feel like I <laughs> anytime I've. Guys, are dumb. you actually start digesting in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You start digesting carbs in your mouth. Sugar. Can I tell you my worst experience with a brownie? 
Oh gosh! Is it legal? It's it's legal. It's not one of those brownies. It's one of Brandy's magic brownies. <laughs> that's right. That's a, like she should sell these weird. things to. We need like, five dollars. She was selling those for. She was selling those for thirty. Yeah, the packs full of gummy bears. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so my mom made brownies. This is when I was like, I don't know, eight, <laughs> eight or nine. She made a tray of brownies in you know one night, and then the next day she has them wrapped up with saran wrap and sitting on top of the fridge. Um, and so they're gone. And so I think I'm going to have a brownie. I reach up and I just put my hand under the plastic. Cause I, I, you know, I'm not super tall. So I had to like, kind of just tiptoe up and I put my <laughs> hand under, grab a brownie, pull it out and just start slamming this thing. But then I feel something crawling on my hand and I look down and this brownie was infested with ants and I had eaten most of oh it already. Oh my. Uh! <laughs> oh boy. So I could eat ants. Could people, you? people are eating ants. Yeah, no, that's a yeah. There's a place in New York apparently that's one I know of those you restaurants, can, but it's still try- gross, isn't it? Gross to you? They're trying to make it For not some gross. Some reason that's not. Yeah, that's like the least offensive bug to eat. Really? That's true. Like, there's other things that I would just I don't know. Yeah. I've heard people like will go to like South America and they're like, here, eat this caterpillar, and it like it explodes on the inside of their. What are they saying is like the next? They're it's gonna disgusting. make the next steak and burgers as crickets. I think. Yeah, crickets. That's crickets the other are one. Like the next, like the because once that's you, actually the world economic collapse, like conspiracy theory. Yeah, there you go. They're gonna force crickets on us to stop cow production. So somebody showed me this um picture of an ant's face up close oh yeah i saw that i've seen are, this yeah. terrifying yeah hold it up to the mic so the viewers can see it yeah <laughs> right there <laughs> no i'm gonna what can i do it's like did you ever watch we need the, to get we need to get like a, a laptop that you have that we can like throw to the screen every once in a while i know it'd be yeah, sweet i not gonna focus anyways it, it's horrifying yeah can i see it Ooh, show it to me yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's it yeah. is. It's yeah. pretty. There's this other one that pretty. Oh, that's the one yeah, that's I don't horrific. That. So, am oh, I? That really puts uh, "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" into perspective. This is exactly what I said, right? Because those things were unbelievably friendly looking ants. Oh, it was super cute. <laughs> but I, they made I'll friends say with the theater. It. Like you can't, and you get kids going in there. Yeah. You can't get all. I think that no. movie's not realistic. I can't believe you. They need to do a horror remake of "Honey, I Just Shrunk the Kids." Took a bite of a brownie. Fantastic. And then spit it out. What do you think was going to happen if you swallow? Were you afraid he was afraid was there were ants in it? Go off the rails on a crazy train and just start pounding burnt with brownies. <laughs> I just wanted to taste it. That's the commercial. He takes a bite of it. Everything like kind of fogs out, and you hear going up. And he just starts pounding. Did you tell Brandy? Were you like, hey, listen, if there's a bite out of a brownie, I just put it in my mouth, sucked on it for a second, spit it out. Yeah, that's a good. What did you do with the rest of the brownie? I cut off a little piece. Oh, you made it sound like you took a bite and then you just. You know, I cut, I cut, no, I cut off a little bite worth and then okay. right. you put it in your mouth. And yeah. then how, long how long was it in oh, there? Was, <laughs> how long? <laughs> how long was it in there? How long, oh Lord? I don't know if we can trust this, this podcast. Is over. This. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, last time I took like, a bite of Revelation, you chewed it. Yeah, I chewed it probably good seven or eight seconds. Really? Oh, that's yeah. it? Did you put it in between your lip and your teeth and all? Like, just <laughs> a layer, like chew? Just Kept a it in there for an hour. <laughs> You have a bottle and you just carry it around. I went to spit it out, but it was gone already. I'm assuming it fell out. Doggone it. I forgot we start digesting in our mouth. (laughs) I accidentally digested a brownie. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Uh, I got to try these brownies, maybe. Oh, man. These $5 brownies. Stay away from the $20 ones. Will she make this recipe up? No. It's like the simplest thing ever. It's like from a box, but she puts like icing on them and then... Oh, I don't know what it is. All right. It's like the... You're starting to fade. You're going to suck on brownies tonight. I gotta, I gotta what, kind of, what kind of frosting? I don't know. 
Is Choc- it good? It's chocolate frosting, but I don't know if it's the yeah specific. She claims there's she she like good. claims there's no big deal about it. it's just like from a box and like but some like baking is a science. It really yeah. is. Like I can cook. I I I've baked before, but I don't I don't like it as much because I just like mm. yeah, let's put a little yeah. bit of this in there and then taste it. And but baking, you really got to get in, you know, to the to the weeds of that. You yeah. know what I've really been wanting to bake lately is like a berry pie or something like that. <laughs> Doesn't that sound good? <laughs> this you, doesn't sound good to you. No, it sounds great. I'm just. Are you wearing an apron? Where did that come from? <laughs> Also, I think we can make this dream come true. We're talking about baking. I don't know. You know what I've learned to make? I'm also starting to get kind of hungry. You're talking about brownie. I'm like, I haven't had lunch yet. Tell you what. Feeling hungry. Here's what we'll do tomorrow. We're going to blow off work. (laughs) We're going to go to Home Depot. We're going to get you everything you need for a berry pie. They don't have those things. (laughs) Wow. Of course they do. Uh, I don't. Well, you're talking about <laughs> yummy br- brownies, and then I say, and you you bring up baking specifically, and then I'm like, like, like said, it's not like completely you, unrelated. You put, picture, you put a picture in our minds of you with an apron on, you know, right. with your, big, big beard, your gloves hat. on, pulling it out of the oven. My picture, you're still wearing your headphones. I do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is how I listen to music. It's exactly how you're baking a pie. When you you got to plug it into the oven so you can hear the temperature. When you say berry, what do you mean? Uh, I'd probably do uh, blackberries, blueberries, and raspberries. Okay. Maybe strawberries, but I think, you know, I might keep it to the, mm, yeah, to the no small citrus. berries. Have you ever made a pie? I made a strawberry rhubarb pie before, and it okay. was delectable. And yeah. the Lord smiled down upon me as I feasted and upon it. you believe it. that that can happen again? I'm hoping so. <laughs> Why don't you make one for Thanksgiving? I might, but I'm probably going to have my hands full. Yeah, baby. Baby. The unnamed one. Yeah. The, the one who shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, I'm gonna help you out with that, Tom. I gave you all kinds of great names today. Riddle, Tom Riddle. <laughs> well, don't do that. No, I won't. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. That's it. I think, I think that's all. I think we should be. I've done. effectively destroyed this podcast. No, episode. no, no, no. You've done a great job. Oh man, well done. Uh, Just make sure it gets out. Red hot and oranges. Episode Red number thirty five. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wowzers. Man, that's it's crazy. Almost as old as Mark. Almost. In I just found out he's 38. Years. You're 38? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've been 36 for five years. So. He, he has. <laughs> I thought, what, I, I, thought like, I thought you were like 34. He was at some point. Well, yeah. Roughly four years ago. Apparently before I knew him. <laughs> I thought you were 34. Well, I was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Four years ago. <laughs> okay. Let's well, tell people how they can submit questions, Jerry. Thank you for listening. If you have questions of your own, you can submit those uh, by email at podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or you can text them to 440 two 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 that felt good <laughs> hang on a second I just want to leave the listeners with this <laughs> it was bad wasn't it, <laughs> it was so- uh, <laughs> what was best is that we had just got done talking about you know this is a singer. <laughs> this guy is a singer, right? You know, so no, this guy, this guy, uh, right? you know, the guy, he's a baker and a singer. He's a builder. He's unbelievable, right? Okay, now you depot rep. Now you do it. Oh boy, we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. Oh.